بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا غفر الله لنا ولشيخنا وللمستمعين والمسلمين يقول الشيخ الاسلام رحمه الله تعالى في كتابه العقيده الواسطيه تحت العنوان اثبات الاستواء اثبات استواء الله على عرشه ثم ذكر المصنف رحمه الله تعالى وقال وقوله الرحمن على العرش استوى وفي سبعه مواضع في سوره الاعراب الاعراب قوله ان ربكم الله الذي خلق السماوات والارض في سته ايام ثم استوى على العرش وفي سوره يونس ان ربكم الله الذي خلق السماوات والارض في سته ايام ثم استوى على العرش وقال في سوره الرعد الله الذي رفع السماوات بغير عمد ترونها ثم استوى على العرش وقال في سوره طه الرحمن على العرش استوى وقال في سوره الفرقان ثم استوى على العرش الرحمن وقال في سوره آه الاثنين سجده الله الذي خلق السماوات والارض وما بينهما في سته ايام ثم استوى على العرش وقال في سوره الحديد هو الذي خلق السماوات والارض في سته ايام ثم استوى على العرش ثم قال ثم قال المحقق اثبات علو الله على على مخلوقاته ثم قال المصنف رحمه الله تعالى وقوله يا عيسى اني متوفيك ورافعك اليك وقال بل رفعه الله اليه وقال اليه يسعد الكلم الطيب والعمل الصالح يرفعه وقال يا حامان ابني لي صرحا لعلي ابلغ الاسباب اسباب السماوات فاطلع الى اله موسى واني لا اظنه كاذبا وقوله امنتم من في السماء ان يخسف بكم الارض فاذا هي تمور ام امنتم من في السماء ان يرسل عليكم حاصبا فستعلمون كيف نذير ثم قال ثم قال المحقق تحت العنوان اثبات اثبات معيه الله لخلقه ثم قال المصنف رحمه الله تعالى وقوله هو الذي خلق السماوات والارض في سته ايام ثم استوى على العرش يعلم ما يلج في الارض وما يخرج منها وما ينزل من السماء وما يعرج فيها وهو معكم اينما كنتم والله بما تعملون بصير وقوله ما يكون من نجوى ثلاثه الا هو رابعهم ولا خمسه الا هو سادسهم ولا ادنى من ذلك ولا اكثر الا هو معهم اينما كانوا ثم ينبئهم بما عملوا يوم القيامه ان الله بكل شيء عليم وقوله لا تحزن ان الله معنا وقوله اني انني معكم اسمع وارى وقوله ان الله مع الذين اتقوا والذين هم محسنون وقوله واصبروا ان الله مع الصابرين وقوله كم من فئه قليله غلبت فئه كثيره باذن الله والله مع الصابرين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم 
الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونصلي على سيدنا ونبينا محمد عليه أفضل الصلاة والتسليم ونترضى على صحابة محمد رضي الله عنهم وأرضاهم الذين آمنوا برسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وهاجروا معه واليه وجاهدوا معه وبعده فرضوان الله عليهم ونسال الله ان نكون جميعا من الذين قال الله فيهم والذين جاءوا من بعدهم يقولون ربنا اغفر لنا ولاخواننا الذين سبقونا بالنار اللهم اجعلنا من هؤلاء وبعد في هذه الجمل التي سمعناها وهي جزء من كتاب العقيده الواسطيه شيخ الاسلام ابن تيميه رحمه الله عليه تسميتها الواسطيه لانه كتبها لاهل الواسط بدايه ما نحن فيه يتعلق باثبات استواء الله على عرشه والاستواء حقيقه لا يقال مجازا وقد بين الله جل وعلا ذلك في الكتاب أولها جزء الآية الرحمن على العرش استوى يقول شيخ الإسلام هذا المعنى ذكر في القرآن في سبعة مواضع إن ربكم الله الذي خلق السماوات والأرض في ستة أيام ثم استوى على العرش وقوله جل وعلا ان ربكم الله الذي خلق السماوات والارض في سته ايام ثم استوى على العرش وقال في سوره الرعد الله الذي رفع السماوات بغير عامد ترونه ثم استوى على العرش وقال في سوره طه الرحمن على العرش استوى وقال في سوره الفرقان ثم استوى على العرش الرحمن وقال في سوره الف لام ميم السجده الله الذي خلق السماوات والارض في سته وما بينهما في سته ايام ثم استوى على العرش وقال في سوره الحديد هو الذي خلق السماوات والارض في سته ايام ثم استوى على العرش استواءه جل وعلا على العرش بعد خلق السماوات والارض إن الله لما ذكر خلق السماوات والأرض في سورة حميم فصلت وأنها في ستة أيام وضع جل وعلا في كل سماء وفي كل أرض ما تحتاجه وما يحتاج إليه فيها ثم استوى إلى السماء والاستوى عند أهل السنة والجماعة أصحاب محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وتابعوهم ومن تبعهم بإحسان يؤمنون بالاستواء إنه استواء حقيقي كما نص الله جل وعلا في كتابه وكما أوضحه نبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم وأهل البدع والتحريف تحريف الكلام يقولون استوى 
يعني استولى استولى لكن الذي عليه ائمه الاسلام من الصحابه والتابعين والائمه الاربعه ومن سار على نهجهم وطريقتهم يؤمنون بانه استواء حقيقي وقد سئل الامام مالك في مسجد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وقيل لها الرحمن عاش استوى كيف استوى فما كان من الامام مالك الا ان قال للسائل الاستوى معلوم والكيف مجهول والايمان به واجب والسؤال عنه بدعه ولا اراك الا رجل سوء واخرجه من المسجد وهذا هو الذي عليه الائمه الاربعه وجميع اهل التقاء المحسنين للاقتداء بائمتهم وبمن سلف من ائمه الاسلام ومعنى استوى انه على العرش والله جل وعلا يقول عن الكرسي وسع كرسيه السماوات والارض والله جل وعلا في نفس ما سمعنا يخبرنا ان هذه السماء الذي لا نعلم بدقه مقدار المساحه بتحديد وانما الله يعلمها هذه رفعت بدون اعمده والشان في اي سقف لا بد له من اعمده ثم اي بناء يكون فضخ عظيم يحصل فيه بعض الخطور الله تحداهم انهم مهما دققوا النظر يرجع البصر خاسئا وهو حسير لا يجب فمجمل هذه الايات تدل على ان الله جل وعلا فوق خلقه مستوى على عرشه الذي جعله جل وعلا مستولى وبدعوى في آيات كثيرة من المسلمين صدوا عما كان عليه الصحابة والتابعون من الفرق الواسعة هي ما عليه الأشاعرة التابعون لأبي الحسن الأشعري وأبو الحسن الأشعري رحمة الله عليه في آخر حياته أعلن رجوعه عما كان وضعه كان يرد على المعتزلة وقال إنه تاب من كل شيء وأنه على ما علي ما كان عليه أحمد بن حنبل لأن يعني الإمام أحمد بن حنبل تشدد وتصلب في التمسك بالسنه ومنها ان القران كلام الله وليس بمخلوق ثم في الفقره الثانيه 
أصبح تقسيم طابع الكتاب إثبات العلو لله جل وعلا الله يقول إلى العيسى لما أراد أعداءه من آل يعقوب من آل إسرائيل أن يقتلونه أعجزهم الله جل وعلا ولم يستطيعوا ورفعه الله يا عيسى إني متوفيك ورافعك إلي يعني كان هو في الأرض ثم رفعه الله إليه قال وفي الآية الأخرى رفعه الله إليه في الآية الأخرى إليه يصعد الكلم الطيب أثنى على الله والذكر والافتخار إلى الله جل وعلا والعمل الصالح يرفعه يعني العمل الصالح يرفع مطالب العباد إذا كان الإنسان صالحا يبين حديثا ومطعم حرام ونلبس حرام وغذي بالحرام لما يرتفع دعاء الذي قال عنه أن يستجاب لذلك وقال جل وعلا حكاية عن فرعون يا هامان ابن لي صرحا لعلي أبلغ الأسلاك يصل إلى مكان عالي إذا نرتفع أسباب السماوات فأطلع إلى إله موسى وإني لأظنه كاذبا هو فاهم أن إله موسى في جهة عالية في جهة علو فأمره في جهة أخرى أو قدري على الطين بإذن يبني بالطوبة المبني محرقة مادته بالنار يستمر متماسك ولكنه في النهاية لما وقع في النهاية فرعون قال آمنت بالذي آمنت به بنو إسرائيل قال لعلي أطلع إلى إله موسى وإني لأظنه كاذبا وقال أأمنتم من في السماء أن يكسر بكم الأرض فإذا تمور أم أمنتم من في السماء أن يرسل عليكم حاصبا فستعلمون كيف نذير السماء هي جهة العلو والله جل وعلا فوق ولذلك لما أراد شخص أن يعتق جارية مملوكة جاء يعرضها على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم هل يعتقها؟ قال لها النبي يا أمة الله أين الله؟ فأشارت إلى السماء في السماء يعني في العلو قال لها من أنا؟ قالت أنت رسول الله قال أعتقها فإنها مؤمنة إثبات فيما يتعلق بمعية الله الخلق يقول جل وعلا هو الذي خلق السماوات والأرض في ستة أيام ثم استوى على العرش يعلم ما يلج في الأرض وما يخرج منه وما ينزل من السماء وما يعرج فيها وهو معكم أينما كنتم 
والله بما تعملون بصير لا يستطيع المتصور ان يتصور ان يتصور حقائق هذه الامور الله جل وعلا يعلم ما يدخل في هذه الارض مما من مطر من اي شيء كل شيء يعلمه ويعلم ما يخرج منها من انواع النبات وما ينزل من السماء وما يعرج فيها اليها يعني وهو معكم اينما كنتم والله بما تعملون بصير يعني معكم بعلمه الله قال لموسى عليه السلام انني معكما اسمع وارى وقال ما يكون من نجوى ثلاثه الا هو رابعه واجتمع ثلاث يتناجون يبالغون في اسرار ما يتناجون به فالله لا يخفى عليه شيء من ذلك لا يكون من نجوى ثلاثه الا هو رابعه ولا خمسه الا هو سادسه ولا ادنى من ذلك اثنان ولا اكثر الا ومعهم اينما كانوا ثم ينبئهم بما عملوا يوم القيامه ان الله بكل شيء عليم الله جل وعلا لا يظل ولا ينسى وابن ادم ينسى ان كان عمله يوم القيامه يعرض عليه ويعرفه ولكنه يحاول التنصل منه فتشهد عليه جوارحه يقول هنا لا تحزن ان الله معنا ابو بكر الصديق رضي الله عنه مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لما اراد ان يخرج من مكه يتجاوز الى غار صار المشركون فظهر على ابي بكر الخوف فالتفت اليه النبي وقال لا تحزن ان الله معنا معهم معهم بماذا؟ بحفظه وعلمه بما يراد بهم وما يريد بهم هو سبحانه وتعالى من الحفظ وقد حفظه وقال جل وعلا في قوله انني معكما اسمع وارى مخاف موسى وهارون من فرعون فثبتهم الله قال لا تخافا انني معكما اسمع وارى فهذا يثبت السمع لله جل وعلا ولذلك الله يقول وهو السميع البصير قال ان الله مع الذين اتقوا والذين هم محسنون واصبروا ان الله مع الصابرين كم من فئة قليلة غلبت فئة كثيرة بإذن الله والله مع الصابرين. هذه الفاصل في هذه القطعة إثبات استواء الله على عرشه وهو استواء حقيقي ليس فيه تأويل كما يقول المؤولون فلما تولى شخصا اسمه بشر العراق زعم انه قيل فيه بيت شعر قد استوى بشر على العراق فرد عليهم اهل العلم والتقى ان هذا بان الله يخاطب الناس بلغتهم بما يفهمون العرب لما سمعوا الرحمن على العرش استوى وغير 
هذه المعاني ما قالوا هذا شيء لا يعقل شيء هم علموا ما, ما هو المقصود هذا مجمل ما يتعلق بهذه الايات التي ساقها شيخ الاسلام ابن تيميه في هذه الرساله الواسطيه وعن انا مرتب هذه الرساله السعد بطباعتها على كل جمله من الايات بما يدور في محيطها في الاولى في يومنا هذا جمع ما يتعلق بالاستوى على العرش وفي الثانيه اثبات العلو لله جل وعلا وانه فوق كل شيء وفي الاخرى اثبات المعيه ان الله معنا مع مع عباده ان الله مع الذين اتقوا والذين هم محسنون معهم ليس معهم في مجلسهم ولكنه معهم بحفظهم يحفظهم ويعلم ما يقولون ويدافع عنهم فاهل الايمان اهل السنه لا يخلفون انفسهم في مثل هذه الاشياء لا يحرفون ويقولون يعني الله الله في الانسان لا الله جل وعلا فوق العرش والنبي اخبر ان الله جل وعلا ينزل من الى السماء الدنيا في كل ليله فينادي هل من تائب فاتوب عليه هل من مستغفر فاغفر له هل من سائل يعني طالب شيء فاعطيه وهذا في كل ليله والله جل وعلا على كل شيء قدير. الشيخ حفيظه الله تعالى began by bearing witness to the oneness of Allah Azza wa Jal and praising Allah and then sending salams upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then he mentioned May Allah be pleased with the companions of the Prophet وسلم, those who believed in him and migrated with him and to him and fought in the way of Allah and may Allah make us from amongst those who say Oh Allah forgive us and our brothers that have preceded us in faith and do not place any dislike for them in our hearts then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that which we heard in the lesson from Al-Aqidah al-Wasatiyah and it is called Al-Aqidah al-Wasatiyah because it was written by the, it was written for the people of Wasit which is in Iraq the first portion of the lesson uh, the author mentioned verses pertaining to the fact that Allah Azawajal is above his throne and we believe that Allah is actually above his throne and this is not something which is metaphorical or the likes and this is clarified in the book of Allah and the author mentioned that this has come in seven different places in the Quran and from amongst those places in Surah Al-A'raf and Surah Taha and Surah Yunus and Surah Ra'ad and Surah Al-Furqan as well as in Surah Al-Hadid and the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned that Allah Azawajal rose above the throne after he created the heavens and the earth 
As Allah Ta'ala mentioned in Surah Hameen Fussilat, Surah Fussilat, Allah Ta'ala mentioned that He created the heavens and the earth in six days and then rose above His throne. So Allah Azawajal created the heavens and the earth and everything which is needed in between them. And then Allah Azawajal rose above His throne. This is the belief of Ahlul Sunnah, the people of the Sunnah, from the companions of the Prophet وسلم, and then those who follow them from amongst the Tabi'un and then those who follow them from amongst the Atba'a Tabi'een. And it is a true uh, rising above the throne as is mentioned by Allah in the Quran. But the people of innovation, they distort the meaning of this word. And they said that Allah conquered the throne. But that which the scholars from the time of the companions and then those who followed them upon the way of the sunnah, they believe that it is an actual rising above the throne. And this was mentioned to Imam Malik, Imam Malik bin Anas rahimahullah ta'ala. He was asked while he was sitting in the Prophet's masjid sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ar-Rahmanu, Istawa istawa. He said, the most forgive, the most merciful Allah rose above his throne. How did he rise? So Imam Malik rahimahullah ta'ala replied, the, the term istiwa is known. Rising above the throne is known. And how Allah did it, specifically how Allah did it, it is not known. And faith in it is obligatory. And to ask about it, about its specifics, is an innovation. And I do not see or I do not deem you to be anyone except a, an evil man. So he ordered him to be removed from the masjid. So that which the scholars were upon, from the great four scholars, he mentioned the companions and the tabi'un and the great four scholars, that which they were upon is they had faith and they understood the meaning of the istiwa. And Allah Ta'ala mentioned also about his footstool uh, being larger than the heavens or expands larger than the heavens and the earth. And Allah Ta'ala has informed us about the heavens, but we don't know the specific uh, size. We don't know the exact size of the heavens. We know it, that it is something tremendous. But we understand as the Sheikh mentioned going into another verse. Now, oh, we can mention it. Now, the verse in Surah Taha, Allahu ladhi rafa'a samawati bi ghayri amdin tarawnaha in Surah Taha. Afwan. Now, in Surah Taha, Allah Ta'ala created the, the, the skies without there being pillars. The Sheikh said, Allah has informed us that He created the, the skies, the heavens. And we don't know the distance and the, the magnitude of this creation. But Allah did so without there being pillars. And we know that the norm is that if a building is, 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 is very, you know, if it's tremendous and it's large in size, then it would need pillars. But Allah created the heavens, or Allah created the sky and the heavens without pillars that we can see. And indeed, if a building is, is, is large, in sky, large in size, there's going to be some type of fault 
even if it be minute, but there's no fault in the creation of the heavens and the earth, that which Allah created. Then in the following verse, Naam, and then the Shaykh mentioned Abi Abdullah Ta'ala, so these verses inform that Allah is above His creation, and He is above His throne. And then the Shaykh mentioned Abi Abdullah Ta'ala that many groups have gone astray in this regard, and they have taken a path other than the path of the companions, and other than the path of the Tabi'un. And from amongst those groups, Al-Ashairah, the Ash'ari. And they claim to be the followers of Abu Hassan al-Ash'ari, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. But during the latter part of his life or before his death, right before his death, Abu Hassan al-Ash'ari, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, he freed himself from their belief. And he began to refute them. He began to refute the Mu'tazila. And he repented to Allah Azawajal and he said he is upon the, the belief of Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal rahimahullah ta'ala. And the reason why he mentioned Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal is because Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal was very staunch upon the sunnah. He was very strong and he adhered to the sunnah, especially when he was tested. And uh, with regards to the, the calamity that took place, that the ruler was ordering the people and forcing the people to believe that the Qur'an was uh, created. And it was not the speech of Allah Azawajal. So Imam Ahmed rahimahullah ta'ala was firm. So Abu Hassan al-Ashari, he said, I am upon the belief of Imam Ahmed. Then the following verses, or the verses thereafter, are the verses of the ifbat of the ulu'illahi ala makhluqati, that Allah is above his creation. And in the first verse, in Surah Ali Imran, Allah mentions, or Allah speaks to Isa alayhi salatu salam, and he said that I'm going to bring death upon you, and I'm going to raise you. So Isa alayhi salatu salam was on the earth. And the people of Israel, Bani Israel, they wanted to kill him. They were plotting to kill Isa. So Allah Azawajal, He uh, deterred this from Isa. Allah Azawajal protected Isa from them trying to assassinate him. And Allah raised Isa to himself. And then in the following verse, in Surah Fatir, إِلَيْهِ يَسْعَدُ الْكَلِمُ الطَّيِّبُ Verily to Allah ascends the good speech. The Shaykh mentions that this informs that Allah is above His creation. Allah is in the direction of up. And the speech that goes to Allah, the speech that ascends to Allah, is the praise of Allah. It is the remembrance of Allah. And the good action helps and supports this. When an individual does a righteous action, this will be a means for his deeds to ascend to Allah Azawajal. Just as if an individual does an action which is evil, this would be a means of his supplication not being accepted by Allah Azawajal. As it was mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, where he mentioned that an individual uh, was on a journey and you know he's hungry and the likes of that, and then he raises his hands to Allah and he calls on Allah. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, وَمَطْعَمَهُ حَرَامُ وَمَلْبَسُهُ حَرَامُ وَغُدِّيَ بِالْحَرَامُ فَأَنَّ يُسْتَجَابُ لَهُ the Prophet ﷺ said his food is impermissible and his clothing is not permissible and he has nourished, nourished himself with that which is not permissible so how will his supplication be accepted? Then in the verse after that in Surah Ghafir Allah was speaking to uh, Haman and he said nah, Allah was speaking about Fir'aun and Fir'aun was speaking to uh, one of his workers Haman, and he said, "Build for me a." He said, "Build for me a tower, 
so that I may reach the Lord of Musa. So the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, so Fir'aun was mentioning that Allah is above. Allah is above the creation. So Fir'aun was saying to Haman, build a tower for me so that I may climb to the Lord of Musa. And then in the end, what was the affair of Fir'aun? Fir'aun, right before his death, when he realized that Allah Azawajal is above him and Allah is the true Lord, he said, I believe in the one who Bani Israel believes in. And he drowned. Then in the other verses, in Surah, uh, in Surah Al-Mulk, Allah mentions, are you secure? Do you feel secure that the one who is in the sky, and he mentions two verses, are you secure that the one who is in the sky, he will not swallow you up with the earth? And then another one, are you secure, the one who is in the sky, that he will not send upon you a wind to destroy you? And the Shaykh mentioned, Habib Allah that all of these verses informs that Allah is above his creation. And this also took place in a hadith where the Prophet wasallam, one of his companions, they wanted to free a female slave. And they brought her to the Prophet wasallam. The Prophet wasallam said, Ain Allah. He said to the female slave, where is Allah? She said, up, above. And then he said, who am I? She said, you are the messenger of Allah. The Prophet wasallam said, Let her go or free her. Verily, she's a believer. And the following verse we have the ifbat of the ma'iyya of Allah Azawajal, that Allah is with His creation. And we're going to explain that. And the verse is in Surah Al-Hadid, where Allah says, أَيْنَمَا كُنْتُمْ Verily Allah is with you wherever you may be. And Allah is the all aware, Allah is all aware of that which you do. Or Allah sees that which you do. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, you cannot imagine these affairs. That Allah created the heavens and the earth. Allah knows that which goes up. Allah knows that which is placed in the earth. Of, of seeds, of water, of rain. Allah knows that which comes out of the earth. Of crops, flowers and the likes of that. Allah knows everything that goes up and everything that goes down. And Allah Azawajal is with His creation, with His knowledge. He is with His creation, with His knowledge. And in the following verse... Uh, or he mentioned uh, the verse before that, but in the following verse you have, well, Allah mentions that there are not three people except that Allah is the fourth of them. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, no matter how, how much individuals come together and they try to conceal, they try to hide their gathering, Allah Azawajal is all aware of that which is taking place, that which is being said in, in the gathering. So nothing is hidden from Allah Azawajal. Nothing bypasses Allah Azawajal. And Allah does not forget. The, cre- the human, Ibn Adam, we forget. And on the day of judgment, our actions will be brought forward. And the individual will try to deny these actions that are presented to him. And when he tries to deny these actions that are presented to him, Allah, Allah Azza wa Jal would allow his limbs to, to speak against him. Then he said in the verse, لا تحزن إن الله معنا In Surah Tawbah, do not fear, verily Allah is with us. This took place when the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr migrated from Mecca to Al-Madinah. Abu Bakr, he, uh, he became scared. He, he feared that they would be found. So the Prophet ﷺ, when he noticed the fear on the face of Abu Bakr, he said, do not fear for verily Allah is with us. Allah is with us with his, his knowledge, his protection, and Allah uh, Allah knows what they want. Allah knows what they intend to kill us, to catch us. 
And verily, Allah knows that which He intends, and Allah intends to protect us and to preserve preserve us, and that is exactly what He did with His Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and Abu Bakr. As well as Asma'u wa Ara, I am with you. I hear and I see. This was said to Musa alayhi salatu salam and Harun because they feared being caught by Fir'aun and his army. So Allah says, verily, I'm with the two of you. I hear and I see. So all of this is, these verses also inform that Allah Azawajal sees and that Allah Azawajal hears. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. So we understand from these verses that were mentioned that Allah is above his throne and this is an actual rising above the throne and we do not distort the meaning. And we do not say as others have said. Uh, and they use a line of poetry that Bishop, he conquered uh, Iraq. They use a line of poetry. But this is totally unacceptable. And Allah refutes this statement. And Allah spoke to the Arab with that which they understood. When the Arab understood, or when the Arab heard the statement of Allah, that Allah is, uh, Allah is above his throne, they did not distort the meaning. And they knew exactly what was meant by that. So in these chapters, we have that Allah is above his throne, we have that Allah is above his creation, we have that Allah is with his creation, with his knowledge, and his protection, and, and the likes. And we, we don't believe that Allah is sitting in the gathering with the people, no. But Allah knows what's going on in the gathering, Allah protects the believers, Allah defends the believers. And this is the belief of the people of Iman and the people of the Sunnah. And they do not uh, burden themselves with trying to understand how specifically uh, is Allah above his throne and how is he with the people and the likes of that. And then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that the Prophet ﷺ has informed that Allah Azawajal comes down to the heavens. Allah comes down to the lowest sky, uh, the last part of the night. So the Prophet ﷺ has informed that Allah is above his creation and that he descends and that Allah says, is there anyone seeking my forgiveness so I forgive him? Is there anyone in need so I may fulfill his need? Is there anyone who's calling on me so I, I may answer? It's called, this is that which we had, or the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala has explained in tonight's lesson. يقول السعيد حفيظكم الله تعالى هل الدعاء من من يأكل هل الدعاء من من يأكل الحرام ويلبس الحرام يعتبر من الكلام الخبيث الذي يس لا يسعد إلى الله أم أنه يسعد ولكن لا يستجاب أولا من مات وهو لا يشرك بالله شيئا يخلص لله في العبادة ويرتكب محرمات فهذا يوضح أمره قول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رب أشعث أغبر يطيل السفر يرفع يديه يا رب يا رب هذه الأحوال طول السفر كونه أشعث تنعم أغبر في كل لحظة يغتسل يطيل السفر يرفع يديه لدى ظاهر الافتقار والمذلة بين يديه يا رب يا رب يكرر هذا الطلب للحاح هذه من أسباب إجابة الدعاء 
لو سلم الانسان من العوائق لكن يقول النبي مطعم حرام ياكل من كسب محرم وملبس حرام وكسب محرم وكذلك الشراب وغذي بالحرام فأنا يستجاب له يعني هذا الشخص الذي مكاسبه بطريق محرم وإن ألح على الله وإن كانت قد ظهر عليه الافتقار وإن كان في سفر والشأن في المسافر في سفره أنه يشعر بالوحشة والذلة والمخاضة فيكون افتقاره أشد لكن لما صار بالصفة تغذى بالحرام من أكل وشرب واغتسال وغير ذلك هذا بعيد من الاستجابة لكن ليس معناه أنه يدخل النار ولا يخرج لا يحكم هذا قول الله إن الله لا يغفر أن يشرك به ويغفر ما دون ذلك لمن يشاء Individuals asking the supplication of the individual who has eaten that which is forbidden and who has worn the clothing which is forbidden is this from uh, the bad speech that does not raise to Allah or is it that it is not accepted or it is raised to Allah but it is not answered? The Shaykh mentioned the individual that dies without committing partners with Allah, dies without committing shirk in worship but he merely has sins this is mentioned in the hadith where the prophet وسلم, said that an individual was on a journey and he was very dirty this individual was in major need and hungry and the likes of that and he was on a long journey he was in dire need so he raises his hand he's in despair and distress he raises his hands to Allah Azawajal. And he's literally begging Allah. And all of these things that were mentioned in the hadith are reasons why his supplication would be accepted. But his food is haram, his clothing is haram, he nourished himself with that which is haram, so how can he be accepted? So everything that this individual placed, he bought and he purchased and he ate was haram. And the shaykh mentioned Abi Bala's the nature of a traveler is that he feels uh, distance, he feels that he's alone, loneliness and the like. So that all of this are reasons why his dua would be accepted. But because of him uh, nourishing himself with that which is forbidden and clothing himself with that which is forbidden, Allah doesn't answer his dua. This doesn't mean that this individual will enter into the hellfire and never exit from the hellfire. For verily Allah says, Allah does not forgive that partners are set up with him, and Allah forgives other than that to whom he wills. So this individual uh, is just that the supplication is not accepted. يقول السائل هل هل نزول الله إلى السماء الدنيا يشمل جميع الليل أم ثلث الليل الأخير؟ في الحديث الصحيح أن النزول إذا بقي ثلث الليل الأخير 
يحصل هذا النزول فهو نزول يليق به جل وعلا individuals asking the descending of Allah to the sky of this world is it all of the night or is it the last third of the night that which is coming in the hadith it is the last third of the night and it is in a manner which is befitting to Allah يقول السائل إذا فاتته إذا فاتته صلاة السنة فهل يجوز له فهل يجوز له أن يقضيها في أي يوم أو في أي وقت من النهار أو الليل؟ إذا فاتته صلاة السنة التي اعتاد أن يؤديها في وقت معين قبل مثلا قبل الظهر ولكن لما دخل المسجد وإذا الناس قد شرعوا في الفريضة ومعلوم أنه إذا أقيمت الصلاة لا يدخل المصلي في صلاة أخرى لحديث إذا أقيمت الصلاة فلا صلاة إلا المكتوبة يسوغ له أن يقضيها بعد بعد صلاة الظهر أما قضاء النافلة التي قبل العصر فلأن صلاة العصر جاء بخصوصها أنه لا يصلى بعدها لأنها ليست براتبة وإنما هي نافلة حرة وأما صلاة الفجر لأنها راتبة مهمة فإن من فاتته قبل صلاة الفجر جاز له أن يصليها بعد الصلاة بعد صلاة الفجر ولو أخرها إلى إلى ما بعد طلوع الشمس جاز لكنه لا حرج عليه إذا صلاها بعدما انتهى من صلاة الفجر والنبي رأى رجلا يصلي بعد صلاة الفجر فقال له النبي يا فلان الصبح أربعا ألا لما سلم لا يعصي الله ولكني لم اصلي ركعتي الصبح فانا فسكت عنه فاقره على هذا العمل. Individuals asking if a person misses the sunnah prayers can they pray them any other time? The Sheikh mentioned Abi Allah Ta'ala if a person misses the sunnah prayer that they normally pray at a particular time for example before Salat al-Dhuhr for example the individual enters into the masjid and they find the people praying and it's known, as he said, Habibullah Ta'ala, that uh, according to the hadith, if you enter, or if you are praying sunnahs, or actually if the, the people are praying, there's no prayer that should be performed except the prayer that they are praying. So for example, a person enters into the masjid, and they want to pray the sunnah before Salatul Dhuhr, but they find the people are praying, so they've missed this. The Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, it's permissible, and it's accepted that you pray after. But as for uh, the Sunnah, or as for Salat al-Asr, then it has been mentioned that you do not pray after Salat al-Asr. Because the prayer, or the Sunnah prayer, there is no specific Sunnah prayer related to Salat al-Asr. It is a general Sunnah. Unlike the other prayers, like Salat al-Dhuhr, Salat al-Fajr. Salat al-Dhuhr, Fajr, they have their specific prayers that are connected. They have their specific Sunnah, superiority prayers that are connected to them and associated with them. So the Sheikh mentioned, for example, so if a person, uh, or he actually mentioned, so a person, if they miss the Sunnah, which is related and connected to Salat al-Fajr, then they can pray it after Salat al-Fajr. But if they 
delay it until after the sun has risen, this is better. But they can do it immediately after, meaning immediately after Salat al-Fajr. Why? Because it took place on the time of the Prophet that after the Salat, after Salat al-Fajr, a man stood up and prayed two more. Once he finished, the Prophet said, has the morning prayer been increased by two? The man said, no, O Messenger of Allah, but I missed the two before. The Prophet ﷺ did not respond after, thereafter, so that shows that it's permissible for him or him to do so. التهجد في الليل إذا نسي الواحد أو نام عنه يجوز له أن يصليه فوق حار بعد طلوع الشمس لكنه لا يصلي وتر في النهار إذا كان عادة يصلي في الليل ثلاث ركعات في النهار يصلي أربعة إن كان عادته أنه يصلي خامس في الليل يتهجد فإنه في الصباح يصلي ست لأنه لا وتر في النهار Then the shaykh, Habib Allah Ta'ala, continued, the individual who prays to hajjid, the night prayer, uh, and he forgot to pray the night prayer, or he slept, this individual can pray the dawn prayer, and before the Salat al-Duhr, after the sun has risen. But the individual should pray an even number, because there is no odd number of prayers during the day. For example, if the individual would pray, if his norm is that he would pray three units of night prayer, if he prays in a day, he would pray four. And if his norm is that he would pray five units of night prayer, if he prayed in the day, he would pray six, because there is no uh, odd number of prayers during the, during the daytime. يقول السائل ما حال كبار السن الذين لم يكن لديهم علم عن التوحيد ولكنهم ولدوا مسلمين وماتوا على وماتوا على تلك الحال فهل يجوز لنا ان ندعو لهم بعد بعد توفوا؟ اذا لم يكونوا ماتوا على الشرك الاكبر فلا حرج بالدعاء لهم الشرك هو الذي لا فائدة معه كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من مات لا يشرك بالله شيئا دخل الجنة فقال أبو ذر سبع كرارات هذا الحديث عليكم مرات وإن زنى وإن سرق يعني قال له النبي وإن زنى وإن سرق فلم يصبر أبو ذر فقال ثانية وإن زنى وإن سرق يا رسول الله فقال النبي له ثانية وإن زنى وإن سرق. يعني من مات لا يرتكب الشرك وهو مسلم. قال الثالثة وإن زنى وإن سرق فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في ثالثته هو وإن زنى وإن سرق وإن رغم أنف أبي ذر. رضي الله عنه وأرضاه. يعني الشخص الذي يموت على غير الشرك موحد الله في العبادة وإن زنى وسارى شرب الخمر أشياء كثيرة من المحرمات ما آلت ما آلت للجنة لكن قد يتأخر عن الجنة لينال عقوبة المخالفات وقد يعفو الله عن الجميع 
ان الله لا يغفر ان يشرك به ويغفر ما دون ذلك لمن يشاء. Individuals asking what is the condition of some old people who do not have much knowledge of Tawheed except that they were born Muslims, can we supplicate for them after their death? The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. As long as these individuals did not die on major shirk, then there's no problem and it's, it's permissible, there's no objection to you supplicating for them. Shirk is the action, major shirk is the action that if an individual performed it, it's not permissible and it does not benefit this individual, they have died. Shaykh uh, you cannot supplicate for them. This was in the hadith that the Prophet said, Whoever dies and he has not committed partners with Allah, he will enter into Jannah. Even if he fornicates and drinks alcohol, or even if he fornicates and steals. And the Shaykh mentioned that I've mentioned this hadith to you many times. That the companion Abu Dhar, he heard this and he continued to question the Prophet even if he fornicates and even if he drinks, the Prophet said, even if he fornicates, even if he drinks, meaning no matter what action that he's done, as long as he has not committed shirk, and then the third time the Prophet said, even if he fornicates and even if he drinks, even if you don't like it. So this shows that an individual, as long as he does not die on, on, on shirk, this individual, inshallah, his, uh, his final abode will be the paradise. Even if he does, even if he fornicates, even if he drinks, even if he steals, and even if he does many other uh, deeds uh, which are forbidden, his final destination will be paradise if he does not commit partners with Allah Azawajal. Although it should be understood, the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, he might delay in entering into paradise, Allah might punish him for his sins and his opposition uh, his, you know, his disobedience, Allah might punish him, or Allah might forgive him and pardon him. No. يقول السائل هل ينبغي للداعي أن يستخدم الشدة كما استخدم كما استخدمها إمام مالك رحمه الله تعالى؟ يقول هل ينبغي للداعي أن يستخدم الشدة في الدعوة كما استخدمها إمام مالك رحمه الله تعالى؟ الشدة من هو استخدمها؟ يقول لما لما أمر لما أمر بخروجه من بإخراجه من المسجد الداعية يمتثل قول الله جل وعلا وادعوا إلى سبيل ربك بالحكمة والموعظة الحسنة وفي لفظ وآيه أخرى قل هذه سبيلي أدعو إلى الله على بصيرة أنا ومن تبعني هذا الذي سأل ذلك ليس في مقام الدعوة هذا في مقام تنشيط البدع فاستبان من سؤاله الذي لا يتفق مع مفهوم العرب اللي يعرف معاني اللغه العربيه وساله كيف استوى علم انه رجل بدعه فعمل فعامله بالشده حتى لا يقدم احد على مثل ذلك The question is asking uh, the, the caller, is it befitting for the caller to use to be uh, harsh in calling 
as Imam Malik ta'ala, was harsh. The Shaykh Habib ta'ala, responded by saying the caller should implement that which Allah has informed. Allah mentioned in the Quran, uh, call to the way of your Lord with wisdom and good speech and debate with them in a manner which is befitting. Likewise, the statement of Allah, the statement of Allah, he ordered the Prophet to say, say, this is, the, this is my path, I call to Allah upon clarity. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, but that which was mentioned, or the individual who questioned Imam Malik, he did not question him because he wanted to understand. He questioned him because he wanted to spread innovation. He wanted to spread and bring about innovation. And this became clear to Imam Malik, this became clear by the by the, the way the individual asked the question. And how he was asking the question of something which was known by the Arab. But when he asked the question, Imam Malik it became clear that he was a person of innovation. So this is why Imam Malik he was uh, harsh with him so that other people would not follow this innovation that this individual was trying to spread. وقول من استطاع الباءه يعني من كان قادرا على الزواج لديه ما يغنيه في زواجه عن الحاجه الى الناس فالزواج والزواج لا يمنع طلب العلم واما اذا كان لا يستطيع الذي ارشده الى الصوم عباده ويضعف الرغبه في الشهوات الشبهات فإذا كان الواحد لا يستطيع أن يجمع بينهما يريد أن يسافر من بلده إلى بلد آخر ولا يستطيع أن ينقل معه زوجه فينظر ما مدى همته هو وظن في نفسه أنه سوف يحصل على علم ينفع ينفعه وينفع الله به فليقدم على ذلك Individuals asking, would you advise a person to delay marriage for the purpose of seeking knowledge? The Shaykh mentioned, I advise that which, with, I advise with that which the Prophet ﷺ advised with. But the Prophet ﷺ said, Ya ma'ashir al-shabab man istata'a minkum al-ba'a faliyatizawwaj. Oh, young boys, whoever has the ability uh, and the means, then he should marry. It helps to lower the gates and it protects the privates. And whoever does not have the ability, then fast, reverently, would be a means of protection. This is that which the Prophet ﷺ has advised. So if the individual has the ability to marry, then he should marry. And al-ba'a, uh, and he has the means, meaning that you have enough means to get married, and you do not have to beg and ask and request from the people in terms of financial support. 
Then the Shaykh mentioned Hadith Allah as well as, uh, or likewise, marriage does not prevent an individual from studying. An individual can marry and he can study, can, can combine between the two. But the individual who does not have the means to get married, then the Prophet ﷺ has instructed this individual to fast. For it would be a means of protection and lowering his gaze from uh, your desires and the likes of that. But the individual who would like to seek knowledge, he should think. The Sheikh mentioned an individual who would like to seek knowledge and travel. And maybe he doesn't have the means or the ability to travel with his wife. Then he should be honest with himself and think how much knowledge he's, is he really going to gain and the likes of that. And whatever he has the major desire for, then that is what he should implement. يقول السائل نحن طلاب العلم في بداية الطلب نحضر بعض بعض الدروس ولنا دوام في النهار وأحيانا لا نجد وقتا لمراجعة ما درسنا في دروس وننسى كثيرا فما نصيحتكم حبيبكم الله؟ تستعينون بالله جل وعلا وتحرصون على التحصيل ولو أنكم دققتم الحساب في مقدار اليوم والليلة لوجدتم انكم تجدون اشياء لم تصلوا فيها شيئا من تحصيل العلم انظروا كم تنامون في اليوم وكم تمكثون في تناول الطعام وكم تمكثون في اداء الصلوات وكم تمكثون ستجدون جزءا من الوقت لا يظهر لكم في اي جهه صرفتموه فاستعينوا بالله جل وعلا Individuals asking, we are some students of knowledge in the beginning of our seeking of knowledge, and we have work in the day, uh, and we don't have time to review that which we've studied, and we forget a lot. What is your advice? The Sheikh mentioned, you should seek help and assistance from Allah, and you should be diligent in trying to obtain knowledge. And what you should do is you should uh, you should monitor your time. The time that you spend in the day and night, you would find that there are gaps. There are time gaps that you don't have anything to do during that time, and that's what you want to benefit from. He said you monitor uh, how much you sleep, how much you eat, uh, your salat. If you do all of this and you calculate it, you would find that you have time gaps. You would find that you have actual time gaps, so that is the time that you want to benefit from, and you should seek assistance from Allah Azza wa Jalla. السؤال من امرأة تقول إذا التزمنا بأذكار الصباح والمساء المعنى ذلك أننا لا نؤذي في حياتنا اليومية لا شك أن من التزم حقيقة بأذكار الصباح والمساء التزاما تاما مؤمنا بجدواها فإنه لا يؤذى بإذن الله النبي أخبر الإنسان الحافظ على هذه الأذكار مع فهم معناها وأديها في أوقاتها أن الله يحفظ. The individual is asking if uh, we 
if we abide by and stick to and adhere to the supplications and the remembrance which should be done in the morning and at night, does this mean that we will not be harmed? And the Shaykh mentioned, without a doubt, that the individual adheres and abides by the supplications which should be said in the morning and night. And they believe in the meaning of the supplication. By the permission of Allah, they will not be harmed. The Prophet ﷺ has informed whoever preserves these supplications and these remembrances, and they understand the meaning and they say them at the, their designated time, this would be a means of protection for the individual. يقول السائل عندنا نعم يقول هنا بعد مزارع السمك في آسيا تطعم السمك غاية الخنزير فما حكم أكل هذه الأسماك جزاكم الله خيرا يعني المزارع مزارع الأسماك تطعم الأسماك غاية الخنزير الغاية ليس اللحم خل حالة إذا علم حقيقة أنه من هذا النوع يجتنب وإذا لم يعلم فالأصل في هذه الأشياء لباح. There's some farms in Asian countries where they feed the fish um, defecation, pig defecation. Is it permissible to eat uh, this fish? And the Sheikh mentioned Abu Latara. If it is known, if it is actually known that they do such a thing, then you should abstain from it. But if it is not known, then the origin of this food is that it is permissible. يقول السائل هل للحيوانات هل للحيوانات إمكانية رؤية الملائكة هل للحيوانات إمكانية رؤية الملائكة هل الحيوانات ترون الملائكة؟ لا شك أن الحيوانات لأنها ليست مهيئة للعذاب لذكر أن الحيوانات تسمع ما يعذب بها في القبور الحيوانات ترى نزول الملائكة في قصة أحد الصحابة ويقرأ القرآن نزلت السفينة فحصل انتفاض بالحصان رأى الملائكة لما نزلت في استماع الذكر فليس مثل أحوال بني آدم بني آدم من رحمة الله جل وعلا أن أمورا حجبت عنهم لو كانوا يرون ما تراه الذهائم اصيبوا بالفزع او يسمعون. The individual is asking do can can animals see the angels? And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala the fact that Allah Azzawajal has not decreed a punishment for the animals. This because of this reason Allah Azzawajal has allowed them to witness certain things. The Prophet ﷺ has informed that 
the animals can hear the punishment of the people of the grave. And likewise, they can see the angels when they descend. It took place during the time of the Prophet ﷺ that one of the companions was reciting Qur'an. And he was next to his horse. His horse began to move and shake because he was able to see the Malaika descending to listen to the recitation of that man. From the mercy of Allah is that he has prevented the humans from seeing these things because if they were to see these things, they would uh, fall and they would uh, go become unconscious. يقول السائل في المحلات الكبيرة يعطونك الشركات المحلات تعطونك بطاقة وبكل مئة ريال تحصل على تخفيض أو نحو ذلك فهل يجوز استخدام مثل هذه البطاقة؟ يجوز إذا كانت هذه البطاقة لمن يشتري مقدار كذا وكذا لمن يشتري بمئة يعطونه ما يقابل ريال أو ريالين هذا نوع من ترغيب المشترين يرغبهم التجار والبائعون حتى يكثر منهم الشيء فلا حرج في ذلك. Individuals asking about these cards, discount cards, if you at certain shops, if you buy certain amounts, then you get a certain amount back. The Sheikh mentioned Abi Balatala, it's permissible to use these cards. Um, and the means is that you buy a certain amount and then once you reach that amount the, the owner of the store or the company they give you in return another amount the Sheikh mentioned Abi Balata that it's permissible it's a means uh, the reason why the, the, the store store owner do it because they want to encourage you to purchase uh, so there's no problem in you doing so one thing Nahmadullah Jalla wa'ala ala ma yasarahu lana min al-jithila ونسأله سبحانه أن يجعل عملنا جميعه خالصا لوجه الله مقبولا عنده نافعا لنا في دنيانا وآخرتنا كما نسأله سبحانه وتعالى أن يجيرنا من الفتن ما ظهر منه وما بطن وأن ينتقم للمظلومين من الظالمين كما نسأله سبحانه وتعالى أن يعاتل أهل الشام وهل جهة برما وحواليها أن يعاجلهم بالنصر على أعدائهم المتسلطين عليهم وأن يرينا آثار نغمته وغضبه في الطائفة النصيرية في الشام ومن يعينهم من الرافضة في إيران وفي العراق وفي لبنان ومن الدول الكبرى كروسيا وكل من يقدر على منع هذا الظلم المتمادي ثم لا يبذل جهد ذلك ان يصيبه بالمصائب الموجعه كما نساله جل وعلا ان يحفظ بلادنا هذه ويصونها من كل فتنه وان يصون الامه الاسلاميه في كل مكان من كل فتنه وان يحسن عاقبتنا جميعا في الامور كلها انه سبحانه مجيب الدعاء واخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين the Sheikh praised Allah for allowing us to come together and he asked that Allah makes our actions sincerely for him and that he makes that he accepts our actions and makes them our actions beneficial for us in this life and the next. 
and that Allah protects us from all types of harms, that which is hidden and that which is apparent, and that Allah Taala uh, destroys the oppressors, those who are in, in, in Syria and those who are in Burma and other, and that Allah Taala shows us His anger upon them. Allah shows His anger upon them, upon the Nusayriya and those who support them from amongst the Shia in Iran and Iraq and, and Lebanon and the likes. And that Allah punishes those who have the ability to stop this oppression, but they don't do so. And may Allah give them a tremendous calamity. And may Allah protect this country and protect the aqeedah of this country and all of the Muslims in all of the other countries. And may Allah make the, the last final uh, life for the believers. And our last supplication is all praise be to Allah, the Lord of the world, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon the Prophet Muhammad, his companions and family members.